Bibles, um, or you can turn in your pew Bibles to Luke 17. That's on page 876. Uh, This is a New Testament commentary, I believe, on Psalm 138. And Psalm 138 will be our sermon text. Uh, But we'll be coming back to Luke 17. Uh, Luke 17, beginning with verse 11 and reading through the 19th verse. This is the word of God. On the way to Jerusalem, he, that is Jesus, was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, he was met by ten lepers who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. And then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. And he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan, and then Jesus answered, Were not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. Amen to this reading from God's holy word. Uh, The grass withers, the flower fades. But the word of our God will stand forever. Let's pray. Our Father and our God, we thank you that you are the God of our salvation. Lord, thank you as well for giving to us your holy word to comfort us, to point us to Christ, to convict us of sins, to give us that assurance of salvation because of Christ's death on the cross and Lord we pray that your word would be instructing us you would be using your word to instruct us to guide us to grow us in our grace and knowledge and love for Jesus by the power of your Holy Spirit and for the glory of your name we ask this all in Christ's name amen no it's been A few years, quite a few years, I think, since Lynn and I have stayed up till midnight on New Year's Eve to usher in the New Year's. You know, that's fun when you're young, but uh, us older folks, uh, we're, we're glad to get in bed before midnight to be home. Uh, But I followed the news uh, the next day. And it said that on New Year's Eve, Times Square was not jammed with tens of thousands of revelers as it had been every year, raucous revelers usually. They wanted to be present, you know, when that beautiful crystal globe uh, descends there on Times Square to start off the new year of 2021. It said that only a few dozen invited guests were there. 
but there were a host of uh, New York City police officers to guard them, actually to keep people out. It seems the absence of celebration this year, you know, for many, uh, seemed to be replaced by anxiety, uh, discouragement, doubts, real fears about the future. You know, even many Christians around the world struggle as they consider living in these troubling times. And so the question for us as Bible-believing followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, who is our risen Savior, our returning King, the question for us is this. How should we then be living in these troubling times? You know, here as we begin 2021, how should we be living? You know, what, what does God's word instruct us? How does God's word instruct us? I would invite you, encourage you to turn in your Bibles to Psalm 138 and keep them open as we study God's word together and we learn here that in troubling times, may Christians give scriptural thanks to their faithful Lord. It's a lesson, gospel truth, not only for 2021. This is a a gospel truth until Christ comes again. So if we're called to give scriptural thanks in troubling times, what does that look like? Well, here as we dig into Psalm 138, to give, be giving God thanks in troubling times, we are to do it with a single heart. We're to do it with spiritual humility. But then finally, with salvation hope. Beginning there, Psalm 138, verse 1. We are to be giving thanks to the Lord with a single heart. Hear that verse again. I give you thanks, O Lord, with my whole heart. Before the gods, I sing your praise. When you look at Psalm 138, you'll see that it's a psalm of David. Uh, There is a closing section of Davidic psalms here. At the end of of the book of Psalms, Psalm 138 through Psalm 145. And one of the chief things that David is doing here is, is giving thanks to the Lord. He is continually praising God, giving God all glory, laud, and honor. This thanksgiving theme saturates the psalm. You know, David gives thanks to the Lord from a heart filled with his love for his faithful and his gracious God. It's a a focused heart. You know, five things to note about giving thanks to the Lord here in these opening three verses. You know, first of all, David gives thanks with a single heart. I will give you thanks with my whole heart. David used that that expression often. You can find it in 2 Samuel 22, verse 50, uh, towards the end of David's life, 2 Samuel 22, 50. We read David's words, For this I will praise you, O Lord, among the nations, and sing praises to your name. You know, David's life was filled with thanksgiving and praise to God. 
And you consider David's life, his struggles as a shepherd, as a soldier, pursued by Saul, dwelling in caves, and yet he begins this psalm here by giving thanks to the Lord. I believe with a single heart, with a whole heart. We hear it again in Psalm 111, verse 1. Not a Davidic psalm. Psalm 111, verse 1, Praise the Lord, I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart in the company of the upright in the congregation. Both in the Old Testament and New Testament, uh, we're commanded to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Command to Moses, Deuteronomy 6, but Jesus gave that same command. Matthew 22, to give thanks with a single heart. Charles Spurgeon put it this way. If ever our heart is whole and wholly occupied with one thing, it should be when we are praising the Lord. We are giving thanks with our whole heart. But we are to be giving thanks as well with a a singing heart, a a singing spirit. Look at the second part of verse 1. Before the gods I sing your praise. If you note in the ESV here, G is a small g. And so what is David referring to when he says before the gods? Uh, Three ways of interpreting it. It can be the angels. It can be idols, false gods, but looking at it in context, it's best understood as saying, you know, before the political leaders. Uh, You'll see that in verse 4, all the kings of the earth. And here David, the king, is saying, Lord, before all the kings of the earth, may I be singing your praise You know, David confidently and courageously sings God's praises not only in the tabernacle, not only when he's in church on the Lord's day, but even before the temporal leaders here on earth. You know, we have a little glimpse of that. You remember when, before David became king, he would meet with King Saul, and and David would play his harp before King Saul, and all good reason to believe David sang as well. You know, before the gods, I sing your praise. A single heart, a singing heart, but a a submissive heart as well. Verse 2, I bow down towards your holy temple. You know, there are some who would say, well, how could David write this psalm? The temple's not yet built, Solomon is going to build that. The temple is scripture's way of telling us that that God meets with his people. He met with his people there in the tabernacle, there in the Holy of Holies. That Ark of the Covenant was a sign of God's presence with his people. And so when David came into God's presence, his holy temple, You know, he bowed down 
He, he prostrated himself. He was worshiping the Lord with a submissive heart. And why was he worshiping the Lord? Again, look at verse 2. And give thanks to your name, that same truth of verse 1. Primarily for two things. I give thanks to your name. First, Lord, for your steadfast love. You know, your covenant faithfulness. Lord, I give thanks for your loving kindness. You can see it referred to again, Psalm 63, verse 3. Psalm 63, verse 3, a psalm of David. Because your steadfast love is better than life, my lips will praise you. You know, when we're giving thanks to the Lord, rather than just speaking in generalities, Lord, thank you very much for all you do, amen. You know, be specific, be scriptural in thanking the Lord. You know, and David doesn't drain the well here in giving thanks, but he starts with two of God's chief attributes. God, I thank you for your steadfast love. And secondly, Lord, I I praise you for your faithfulness, your truth, your unshakable, unchanging truth. You know, and even as we consider as Christians God's attribute, it leads us to more thanksgiving. You know, if you're struggling with thanksgiving, and I know I go through those dry seasons, you know, consider these attributes of God. And just two here. Lord, I give you thanks for your steadfast love. I give you thanks for your faithfulness. But there's another reason for thanking God. Number four here. For you have exalted, still verse 2, above all things, your name and your word. Lord, may I have a heart for Holy Scripture. A difficult part of the verse to translate, the New American Standard helps us here. It translates it, for thou hast magnified thy word according to all thy name. You know, what's Scripture teaching us here? You know, we thank the Lord for his magnificent, mighty, merciful name. But we also thank the Lord for that he graciously reveals himself to us in his word. You know, so it's both end. You know, Lord, I'm, I'm thanking you that you are exalted even as we give thanks for your name, your character. We give you thanks for your word. Robert Godfrey put it this way in his book on the Psalms, God's revelation of himself in the scriptures is the basis of our confidence in God's care for us. And so when you're giving thanks to God, it's it's okay. In fact, it's a good thing to keep your Bibles open, you know, to the Psalms elsewhere, And use that to prime the pump of praise. The final reason for giving thanks here with a single heart, there's a heart for prayer, verse 3. On the day I called, you answered me. My strength of soul, you increased. Yet one more cause for thanksgiving and praise here. God surely hears and sovereignly answers our prayers. And even as we persevere in praise and prayer, the Lord 
graciously increases the strength of our soul. You know, if you've been around uh, Hope Presbyterian Church for very long, you know, I, I hope you've heard us speak of the ordinary means of grace. And if you haven't, see me afterwards, and I'd be glad to, to chat with you. you know, but our great, when we speak of the ordinary means of grace here, we're, we're being reminded that our great and our gracious God gives each and every believer the means by which we receive strength for our soul. God gives us his word. God gives us the sacraments, baptism, and the Lord's Supper, along with prayer. Our Westminster Shorter Catechism, question number 88, puts it this way. What are the outward means whereby Christ communicateth to us the benefits of redemption? And the answer is the outward and ordinary means whereby Christ communicateth to us the benefits of redemption are his ordinances, especially the word, sacraments, and prayer, all which are made effectual to the elect for salvation. You know, two applications here as we close out this first section, giving thanks to the Lord with a single heart. You know, may we always enter into God's gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. And that, that's not only on Sunday, but begin your Monday, begin your week with, with thanking the Lord. You know, and here I'm preaching to myself, don't turn on the news first, don't check your, your social media first, the news first. Be thanking the Lord with, with that single heart thanking him for his steadfast love and his faithfulness. Secondly, may the Lord graciously strengthen each of our souls as we give him thanks and call upon his name in prayer with that single heart, giving thanks with a single heart. But as well, beginning there in verse 4, we're to be giving thanks to the Lord with spiritual humility, it speaks here of a, a spiritual conquest in verse 4. All the kings of the earth shall give you thanks, O Lord. Literally, they will praise you, O Lord, all the kings of the earth. You know, but as you read through your Bible, and I again encourage you to do it in 2021, you know, down through biblical history, the kings of the earth rebelled against God. They resisted his word and his ways. And some of those kings included kings of Israel, kings of Judah as well. You know, but one day scripture tells us that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. One day Christians will see with their own eyes that on the robe of Christ and on his thigh he has a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. That's from Revelation 19, verse 16. So think of it this way. Every chancellor, 
dictator, king, queen, prime minister, every self-proclaimed ruler will humbly give God thanks. Why? Look again at verse 4. They have heard the words of your mouth. They may not be welcoming these words, but they will hear the word of the Lord. You know, God's gospel brings glorious transformation even to the most powerful, the most proud. You know, God indeed is that one who is the holy humbler. You know, and what is our part then in all of this? You know, there, there's an application here even in verse 4. You know, Jim Boyce now in glory, put it this way. In other words, the psalm, that's Psalm 138, is acknowledging the need for the people of God to be missionaries. You know, the, the kings of the earth will give God thanks. They have heard the words of your mouth. But it's our calling to, to be those who are bringing the word of the Lord. Yes to kings, presidents, those who serve in Congress, governors, St. Landry Parish Board, city council, mayors, school boards. More than ever, you know, our political leaders, and yes, Democrat and Republican, Need Jesus. You know, let us pray this year that our political leaders would hear God's word. You know, it's not a hopeless situation. Don't go into hiding. Don't go start praying and fasting. Even so, come Lord Jesus. Start growing your hair long. I'd worry about you. But let us pray. Lord, may the kings hear your words. Spiritual celebration. You know, and here, you know, we we see even the fruit of that. And they, that's the kings of the earth, verse 5 of Psalm 138. You know, there's this spiritual celebration now. One day the redeemed rulers will sing of the ways of the Lord. You know, why will the Lord God bring all this to pass? For his own glory. You know, look there, verse 5, for great is the glory of the Lord. Who's going to get all the glory for this? God will get all the glory. Praise God. David Dixon put it this way, the glory of the Lord which is manifested in his word is the highest glory which is manifested in this world. They will see and acknowledge uh, the glory of the Lord. There's a great verse, 2 Corinthians 4, verse 6. I come back to this verse often. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 6, For God who said, Let light shine out of darkness 
has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So they will be giving God the glory because they have had a taste of the grace of God in Christ. You know, that spiritual celebration. You know, but there's a humility there. Now verse 6 of Psalm 138, still thinking about giving the Lord thanks with spiritual humility. An encouraging verse, a hopeful verse, for though the Lord is high, he regards the lowly, but the haughty he knows from afar. You know, our our Lord God is high, he is exalted, he sits upon the throne, and yet he, he regards, he sees the least of these, the orphan, the widow, the homeless, those who struggle with sorrow, the lonely, the lost, the lonely, and the unloved. You know, God sees your need, my needs, and he hears and he answers prayer. You know, think of it this way. Here we see God casting a wide gospel net and calling sinners to his banqueting table. Ebenezer Erskine, and that's part of our ARP heritage, put it this way about Psalm 138, verse 6. We have here God's transcendent greatness. He is the high Lord, or Jehovah. But to add to it, if I may be so bold, we not only see the Lord's transcendent greatness, here we see his transformative grace as well. That he looks upon the lowly and the least of these with love. And he has his eye upon the proud. He sees them coming. You know, turn with me quickly uh, to Luke 17. I'm not going to preach two sermons this morning, but you know, I believe here we have a, a great New Testament commentary on Psalm 138 as we thinking about giving God thanks with a single heart, with spiritual humility. You know, and here is a quick summary again. You know, on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus deliberately detours along the border between Samaria and Galilee. You know, enemy territory. He sovereignly and humbly entered their village, you know, for the purpose of meeting ten unclean lepers. He heard their pleas for mercy. He saw their physical and spiritual need. In accord with scripture, he commanded them to show themselves to the priests. You know, and imagine their surprise. You know, they're they're headed out to see the priests, obedient to Jesus' command. You know, and on the way, they discover their cleansing. There, verse 14, when he saw them, he said to them, go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed believe that's physical. And then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God, thanking God with a loud voice. 
You know, that's a, a good truth for us as Presbyterians. You know, thanking God with a loud voice so that we can hear ourselves, others can hear us, our children, spouses. And he, again, this cleansed, healed leper, verse 16, fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. You know, it's almost a a picture of Psalm 138, verse 2. You know, keep your eyes there upon... Verse 16, let me read Psalm 138, verse 2. I bow down towards your holy temple and give thanks to your name for your steadfast love and your faithfulness, for you have exalted above all things your name and your word. You know, there it's a call for all Christians to give humble thanks to Jesus. You know, there's much we could say still about Psalm 138 and certainly about Luke 17. You know, but let us learn that one day all the kings of the earth and even the healed lepers from Samaria will humbly bow and give thanks to Jesus for his glory and by his grace. But let us know as well that we as Christians, every Christian, should be giving God Thanks with a glad, grateful, and humble heart. You know, that's part of thanking the Lord. It it humbles us. We see that he is high and exalted. He is holy. And we are sinners saved by his grace. So let us give thanks that Jesus sought us. He entered enemy territory. He sought us. When we were unclean, Jesus cleansed us from our sins by his shed blood on the cross. And so let us give thanks with a loud and loving voice, a humble spirit, for God's gospel grace that he has shown us in Christ at the cross. And finally, we are to give thanks to the Lord with salvation hope. First part there, giving thanks to the Lord with a single heart. Secondly, giving thanks to the Lord with spiritual humility. Now giving thanks to the Lord with salvation hope. And that we hope in the Lord even in struggles and troubles. You know, I'm so grateful and glad that David the psalmist put verse 7 in Psalm 138. Love verse 1, but... You know, hear verse 7 again. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you preserve my life. You stretch out your hand against the wrath of my enemies, and your right hand delivers me. Though I walk in the midst of distress and trouble. You know, next Sunday I'll be preaching on our year verse for 2021 for a moment. I thought about making Psalm 138, verse 7, our year verse. So I walk in the midst of trouble, you preserve my life. I still think it's a verse well worth memorizing, meditating upon. You know, and think about it with David. You know, David's pilgrimage of faith passed through many sloughs of despond, through many valleys, valleys of weeping. 
David spent a fair amount of time hiding away in a cave, afraid of King Saul. And we are walking in the midst of trouble. We live in a sin-filled world. Whether it's diseases like COVID or whether it's a doubt of faith, whether it's depression, a weariness of spirit, worried about the future. Maybe you're stressed even today. You struggle to come to church on the Lord's day. You know, where, where's our hope? You know, look again at, at Psalm 138. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you know, here's our hope. You preserve my life. That can also be translated, Lord, you revive me. You cause me to live. Uh, we see uh, an example of it, Isaiah 57, verse 15. Isaiah 57, 15. For thus says the one who is high and lifted up, who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in the high and holy place, and also with him who, was, who is of a contrite and lowly spirit to revive the spirit of the lowly and to revive the heart of the contrite. You know, it's the Lord who breathes his spiritual life into us and gives us great gospel hope. Lord, you preserve my life. And if that's not enough to cause you to be thanking the Lord, look again at verse 7 of Psalm 138. You stretch out your hand against the wrath of my enemies. I believe this is best understood in the future tense. One day our holy God will righteously judge his and our enemies. Evil will not have the last word. God sits upon his throne. He will judge the unrighteous. And for us who are trusting in Christ, our hope is in the righteousness of Christ. And finally, your right hand delivers me with uh, pardon to the left-handed people. The right hand was your hand of strength, of power. You know, God used his left hand, but here your right hand delivers me. Dr. Motier put it this way. If I should walk in the middle of adversity, you will give me life against the exasperation of my enemies. You will stretch out your hand, and your right hand will save me. So we have hope in struggles and troubles. And finally, verse 8, there is hope in a sovereign and saving Lord. The Lord the faithful, the covenant-keeping God, will fulfill his purpose for me. You know that, again, it's almost a, an echo of Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, or Philippians 1, 6 is an echo here of Psalm 138, verse 8. Here, Philippians 1, verse 6. And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Christ Jesus.
You know, our sovereign Lord will accomplish his purposes. No government, no leader, no scheme of man, not even Satan himself can thwart that. The Lord will fulfill his purpose for me, for you, for me. You know, how can we not give him thanks with our whole heart, with humble and holy thanks? And again, your steadfast love, it's that same word from verse 2, your steadfast love, your covenant faithfulness, your mercy endures forever. They're new and fresh every morning. And then David closes with a prayer here. It's not that he's doubting God, but along with giving God thanks, praising God, he prays to God, Lord, don't forsake the work of your hands. You know, you and I are the work of his hands. Made in his image. Redeemed by the shed blood of Christ. You know, by implication here, the Lord will not forsake us. The Lord will not abandon us. The Lord will not be deaf to our prayers. He will not turn a blind eye to our struggles. So, as we face this new year of 2021, brothers and sisters, and I'm preaching to myself, let us be coming before the Lord with thankful hearts. I will give thanks, O Lord, with my whole heart. May I give thanks with a single heart, with spiritual humility. But most importantly, let us give thanks for the salvation hope we can know in Christ. Amen? Let's pray. And then actually we're going to sing. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you that we can thank you. That you call us, Father graciously, gently, lovingly to give you thanks for your steadfast love which you have shown us in Christ at the cross. Lord, we give you thanks for your great faithfulness that we see revealed in Scripture and in our own walk of faith with Christ. And Lord, as we begin this new year, may we do so with a a great faith in a gracious, glorious God who loves us in Christ, in whose name we pray, amen.